the Performance Training Academy podcast with today's guest, James Buckingham. In episode five, we're discussing what is fasting and how is it done correctly. We'll be discussing how fasting can help to promote health, how to apply it correctly to your weekly nutritional intake, and what should be done to ensure it is effective for you. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so welcome to uh, the Performance Training Academy podcast. We're back for episode number five, and today's episode is called What is Fasting? Um, this is something that I want to learn a lot about. I don't know loads about fasting. I've kind of dipped in and out of what fasting is. I've read a little bit about it. I've heard a little bit about it. I've listened to your podcast about it. Um, what is good about today's podcast is we have our uh, nutrition expert, James Buckingham here, who does apply fasting to his everyday life. Um, he has researched extensively about it. So it would be good to, to get his, his sway on things and a really good, clear explanation, really, about what fasting is, how it can be applied to yourself, uh, and find out, really, this isn't about how it can help you lose a bit of weight. It's mainly how it's going to help you in the health side of things. Okay? So that's what today's episode is all about. So, uh, hi, James. How are you doing? All good. Thanks, Ash. All good, all good. Happy to chat about fasting today because this is something I know you're passionate about because you uh, you do fasting on a regular weekly basis, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So I think let's kick it off then. Let's uh, the question I think most people want to know because fasting has it's quite relevant in terms of the nutrition world in the health and fitness world. It gets talked about a lot. Uh, whether it is done correctly or slightly incorrectly is another thing. Uh, but let's start with a simple question. What is fasting? Um, okay, so if like all these nutritional things, if we go back to evolution, um, and you know, as the name suggests, it's simply a case of back in those days, you would have hunted something, eaten a load of it <laughs> until you're satisfied, um, and then when you ran out, you went off hunting again. So you would have had feast and famine. Famine might be a bit an over-the-top word, but you know what I mean. So you go hungry, and that is a natural way that humans have evolved to go hungry. But modern day, modern life means we never go hungry, of course, because you know the minute we even feel any kind of hunger pangs at all, we then go and eat a snack. And we, we, we teach as fitness professionals, you know, to have you know snack all the time and keep your blood sugar level up and all that type of things so fasting basically is trying to mimic um our ancestors as far as we know as far as you know eat a load rest and recuperate uh, and then when you're hungry again go fasting when you're hungry or be active when you're hungry in order to go again that's about it mate yeah yeah and and to be honest and there's a theme that runs through and it will carry on with the podcast that we do together because i know this is the your research it's what you follow yourself and it's what you coach your clients on as well um, and there's lots of research behind it. it's not like you say it just because it works for you you do it because you research these things um it goes back to that evolutionary state doesn't it and that was in our previous podcast that you and i did about the keto diet and being fat adapted um it was about how our body is designed to eat this way so what you're saying is our body is designed to have uh, these moments of fasting on its re on a regular basis, on a regular routine. Is that right? Yeah. So that, that is one of the reasons why we store fat. And if we didn't store fat, we'd probably have died. Um, you know, we store fat amongst other things as a nutrient reserve. Mm -hmm. So we, we should hundred percent be able to operate when we're hungry by tapping into our fat stores, as we spoke about on our last podcast, um, in order to fuel ourselves via ketones and fatty acids. And then we have um, enough energy to sustain us for the hunt or whatever it might be, um, and even come back empty-handed, but still be able to sustain for days, if not weeks, and in some cases, you know, months without, without eating. Months might be a bit extreme at the moment, but certainly days, and, and some people do weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's nothing kind of weird or crazy it's actually how we're designed to be from an evolutionary point of view feast go hungry hunt go again 
Yeah, cool. Because again, um, I think storing fat is always perceived to be a bad thing, isn't it? In in our industry, you, as a personal trainer, which you are and I've been as well, um, it's perceived to be a bad thing. You want to lose the fat. That's what most people come into this for. And I suppose in some ways, that's where fasting can be done wrong when it's sold as a, a weight loss sort of plan as such, I guess. Uh, we'll discuss this a little bit more as we go through, obviously. But, you know, storing body fat is, is fine and our bodies are supposed to store fat. You know, it, it, our fat is important. It's important to come into our diets and it's important to be in our bodies as well, isn't it? Um, go on. I was just to say, Ash, one of the things that makes fasting so kind of um, difficult to people to, to comprehend is because we're eating, so, I don't want to go into this whole carbohydrate thing, but it, because we're eating so many high carbohydrate type foods and therefore insulin and carbohydrates up and down is a roller coaster and we always want to kind of, uh, refeed, refeed, refeed. Um, so we're kind of afraid to to go hungry, mm. and that's if we just went back to our evolution point of view, hunger wouldn't be a problem. Like for example, I, I spoke to you before we came on air, saying that I'm I'm actually fasting right now. Uh, I started fasting at about nine o'clock last night. No big deal. But I'm going to break the fast after this. So probably around about six, I'll finish. So around about twenty hours, and it's it's no problem, you know. So. And I've trained twice today. I don't know, sound like a dick, but you know, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's the point. Okay. Yeah, but that's it though. And, and it does, we are going to be relating a lot of what we talk about over the next uh, 20, 30, 40 minutes, however long we end up talking about this for, um, to being fat adapted a little bit. And obviously from the sounds of it, that's where a lot of people's diets go wrong is when it's predominantly made up of carbohydrates. Um, and I, I've worked with people who, and I've, I've gone through the same sort of process as well, where most of your nutritional intake is coming from, it's coming from carbohydrates. So then like to go all of a sudden have that diet still, and then try to do some sort of fasting routine as well. You're kind of setting yourself up to fail a little bit, which, so there is definitely a link between fasting and being fat adapted, right? Yes. So you're absolutely right. Ash. It, it, being fasted is so much easier when you're fat adapted, because clearly you're already using fats and, and um, ketones and to some extent gluconeogenesis to to fuel yourself mm. so of course you know fasting a little bit in order to still produce those same uh, bodies is absolutely fine you see what i'm getting at so yeah. it's as you rightly point out when you're always carbs in carbs out carbs in you know chasing that kind of carbs curve yeah. it becomes much more painful initially mm. so i think the first thing to take away from this is if anyone's considering fasting sort out the nutritional intake first don't just go from a standard diet, which is very carb heavy. And again, we're not slating carbs. We're not going to slate carbs through this podcast either. Um, but you have to get your diet on point a little bit before you try to attempt fasting. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think making any change to your diet takes habit forming. It takes commitment. It takes discipline. And fasting is one of the harder things to do. A lot of people, as soon as they get hungry, they reach for something to eat, depending on their lifestyle as well. If they're sat at their desk all day long, when you get the hunger pangs, all of a sudden it's all you can think about. If you've got a very active job, like working in a gym as a personal trainer, where you're here, there, and everywhere all the time, it's probably easier to ignore those pangs of hunger every now and then. Um, let's go into them, because um, obviously this is a, a big topic, and we could probably delve, go off on a tangent quite easily, and I think there's stuff that we can cover after this podcast and future podcasts, all to do with fasting again. What would be quite good to go through, really, would be the benefits. So what would you say are the benefits of fasting? Before we start talking about structure and foods, but what are the benefits of it? Um, okay, mate, so that, there's a couple of different breakdowns. But firstly, from a health point of view, um, there is a direct link, it would appear, between longevity, i.e. the length of time you live, <laughs> and um, fasting. And the way that is because tell me the end of your genes in your genes the end of your genes there's little kind of end caps called telomeres and as we get older these things fray and become a little bit crapper <laughs> um but if we're fasting one of the things that it does is it improves these telomere end cap lengths mm -hmm. and that as i say is linked with longevity any more molecular science and i don't know but that's one point so longevity is is certainly a a good enough factor even for just that alone um then when we look at the hormonal um uh, improvements so the hunger hormones 
leptin and ghrelin, they will kind of reset. You know, as we say, you're always kind of snacking and then going hungry, snacking, getting hangry. And, but the hunger hormones will reset if you, if you fast for any length of time at all, really. And remember, ghrelin is the hormone that um, says, oh, I'm hungry. And leptin is the hormone that says, oh, I'm full. I mean, that's very, very basic, but that's kind of what we're, we're talking about here. Um, and then, of course, there is, of course, the, the fat. Because we're tapping into fat stores, clearly we're going to lose body fat. Not necessarily muscle, but I know you're going to talk about that later on. Um, then, of course, there is... Uh, am I okay to keep rattling on, mate? Yeah, carry on. Okay, so then there is the... The digestive resting and and coupled with that less inflammation so your inflammatory markers will go down like crp and all that type of thing they'll go down which is a sign that your inflammation inflammation is down of course all these are extremely healthy point of view and as you're probably aware is um one of the drivers for nearly all bloody diseases at the moment is inflammation so if we can kind of reduce that improve our digestion, improve our hormonal cascade. Um, and of course, it, it, it allows insulin to not be spiking all the bloody time, which is insulin is quite an important thing as far as it's quite an aging hormone. It's very anabolic because it drives nutrients, but also it's quite an aging hormone. And um, it, it, it's a growth type hormone. <laughs> so it, if you're always having this kind of insulin surge all the time, it can cause all sorts of uh, all sorts of issues. So um, there's a lot more that will come out later on when we talk, mate. But basically, to recap on that, longevity improvements, digestive improvement, the hormonal cascade improvement, tapping into fat stores to lose fat improvements, cognitive benefits actually, and and this just popped into my head now, my cognitive benefit. Um, when people go, um, certainly ketones, and one of the ways to improve your ketone production is by fasting, that improves your neural output and neuroplasticity, which is a way of, of regenerating brain cells. So when we come to training, I'll talk about the neural output as well, but that, that covers it, mate. Yeah, that's good. And to be honest with you, so the first point you made there, the important one, it's for health. It's for health. Because yeah. again, anytime you talk about nutrition, it's a, most of the time it's applied to uh, a weight loss goal or something like that. Um, one thing I think is very important is understand that you're eating for health and, and for that longevity. We all want to live as long as we possibly can. Um, and we don't want to add as much stress as possible to our body. So this is another way to counteract that basically, right? Yeah, there's one thing that there's a term that's used a hell of a lot when it comes to fasting and, and um, all that type of thing. And it's called autography. Um, and basically, it's a posh way of saying cell turnover, cell repair, clearing out debris. That, that's basically what we do. We're kind of spring cleaning, <laughs> spring cleaning ourselves. And, and that's called autography. I think there's millions of, way of, millions of ways of pronouncing that, but that's the way I pronounce it. Um, uh, and that's a, a term that people will hear if they're researching this, basically cell turnover, clearing out dead cells, uh, dead genes, all that type of thing. So it, you know, spring cleaning the body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then if I'm honest with you, like, so fasting, let's stay on those health benefits for now. Health is effectively being free from disease and illness, isn't it? And by limiting the amount of inflammation through the body on a regular basis, that's going to keep you freer from disease for longer. Right. Certainly uh, helps. Less, yeah, exactly. Less stress on the body and all that sort of stuff. So, so health is a key thing. And I think most people, if they're listening to this, could probably relate if you've ever gone through a nutritional intake where you're having predominantly carbohydrates, more so than proteins and fats. And it's very easy to do that on a daily basis. If you look at the standard, even what's deemed to be healthy diet in the UK, it would be something on the lines of a bowl of muesli for breakfast a kind of healthy sandwich for lunch or a salad or a pasta-based meal. And then in the evening, it's another pasta-based meal, which again is deemed to be healthy. But at the end of the day, it's a very high carbohydrate loaded day, isn't it? And the protein and the fat content there is very limited. Um, and that's how a lot of people eat. And you could probably say the same when you're working with a new personal training client and they come to you and you say, well, how's your nutrition? And a lot of time they say, well, it's actually not too bad. And when you look at it, it is actually very high in carbohydrate and not high enough in protein and fats right 
yeah. Uh, do, do you want me to bang on a little bit, Ash, or you got something else to say there? No, carry on, carry on. I was just going to say that what, one, of the, one of the interventions that initially with everyone, if I can get them to do it, I, I try to get them to be fat adapted as we spoke about in the last podcast, mm -hmm. 14 to 21 to 28 days minimum. We, we won't bang on about that. But then along with training and nutrition, what I try to get people to do is fast for a length of time. And I guess we'll discuss this later on. Uh, try to do it at least once, if not twice a week, if they're really trying to get leaner. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the interventions, just mm. to, to kind of add to your point. Yeah, that's good. Um, so fasting then, health benefits massively, helps reset or kind of structure the hormone slightly better. Ghrelin, the growling hormone that we all feel when we're hungry. Why is that so much more present when you're on a high carbohydrate diet? If you're on a high carbohydrate diet, you, you constantly you feel those hunger pains all the time. You can eat a meal, and in an hour or, or two hours later, you're thinking about food again. Yeah, what happens, I think, is um, because lots of food, protein and uh, protein and carbohydrates will will stimulate insulin, fats to really small small degree. But let, we're talking about carbohydrates in this instance. And what happens is because insulin's so good at driving nutrients into the cells it, it's done pretty quickly and also there's the gastric emptying thing so you know it leaves the stomach pretty quickly and then those nutrients are driven into the cells and then of course it you know there's not, nothing left so they think oh christ i need some more so it keeps driving keep keeps driving so that is why a high carbohydrate easy to digest enters the bloodstream really quickly insulin drives into the cells and then it goes okay i've done my job what's the next so kind of that's the way it goes, that insulin seesaw. Um, and that's one of the reasons why a high carbohydrate load um, will, will make you want more often. Yeah, okay, okay. And we'll cover this towards the end as well. But would you agree that if anyone is considering fasting to sort out the macronutrients first, like try to get more towards protein and fats, still carbohydrates, but more towards protein and fats in your daily intake. And then it's probably going to be easier to convert, convert and implement fasting into your routine then, isn't it? Yep, pretty much. I won't bang on, but yeah, try to try to get the protein and fats most predominantly. And, and two things will happen. Gastric emptying, i.e. when it leaves the stomach, will be delayed, which is great uh, from a kind of satiety point of view. And insulin won't be spiked half as much, which is one of the key drivers for all this. Yeah. Okay. So I reckon now would be a good point to start with. Now we can understand a little bit more what happens when you fast. Um, how can you fast? Like, We've all heard probably about um, the fasting diets where you have five days eating normally and then two days of fasting. It could be something different to that. It could be four days eating normally, three days of fasting. And it could be one day fasting, one day not fasting and an alternate sort of schedule. What, um, what would be your advice? So how, if you're going to fast, and I know you fast, and I know you do it properly because you studied it. What would be your advice on fasting? Is it just a case of, because we, we fast throughout the night where we don't eat food and then we break our fast in the morning with breakfast. And we're going to cover this, I know. Um, I've always been an advocate of make sure breakfast is your first meal of the day. It's an important meal of the day. We have to break our fast when we wake up, get your metabolism going. That's what we've all been kind of brought up on and we've all been taught as personal trainers. We teach on my personal training course as well because that's what the healthy guidelines are effectively. What's your thoughts on that? So like, how do we break a fast and what should be the guidelines to fasting? Um, once again, there's no, I'm very sad to say, there's no definitive answer to that. Um, but I, I like to make it very, very simple for people. If you can do the whole fat adaption thing. Mm -hmm. And then I ask people to do at least one day a week where they simply stop eating when they stop eating that, that night. So whatever, eight, o'clock maybe even nine o'clock at night that's the last thing that goes in the mouth and then they simply do not eat again until they get home the next day so you don't have to worry necessarily about you know is it 16 hours is it 18 hours is it 20 hours is it whatever mm -hmm. but having said that what i like to try to aim for is for people to do 20 hours okay yeah and now you're doing that now as well aren't you i'm, I'm doing that right now i'll probably end up with 22 hours but it doesn't as I say, it's not really an issue because, you know, high and mighty, uh, I'm fat adapted. So it's not really a problem for me at all. Yeah. Having, I'll branch off here a little bit, Ash. Um, there's always a part of the day for me 
where I fit, whereas about 20 minutes or so where I'm thinking, oh Christ, you know, it's just, I could do with a bloody, you know, a bite to eat here or something. And what I, I, I haven't checked my blood sugar monitors or anything like that, but I suspect strongly that it's simply the turnover from when my glycogen levels are now gone as it were, and then the, 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 the tip over to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting into ketosis as it were, and, and burning fats and cut, um, ketones for fuel and i think that there's that little switch type of thing um and i'll say this is just anecdotally from me but i've noticed it nearly every time mm. if i get through that 20 minutes it's fine and normally what i do is simply have a cup of coffee or mm. a, a drink of water and then i'm fine mm. anyway so going back to your question about how how too fast as it were i would try to do as a minimum once a week i try to do 20 hours now if you do 16 hours if you do 18 hours or 22 hours or whatever that's absolutely fine. But it's quite simple, isn't it? You finish eating the night before, don't eat again until you get home from work the next day, five o'clock, half five, six, whatever, and no big deal. So, and a lot of people do that every single day and they're doing absolutely fine. Of course, that meal, when you finish, when you get in from work or whatever you're doing, you know, it wants to be a good quality, fairly high, you know, a lot of food, you know, you want to get it in you type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, that's one method, once a week, every, every day, or even every other day, which is kind of what I'm doing at the moment, every kind of other day. So eating what you might call normally, and I know we can talk about what normal is, mm. but eating normally on, let's say, Monday, and then Tuesday, I'll, I'll fast for 20 hours, then you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't have to, but I find it's absolutely fine for me at the moment. So a couple of questions on that then. First yep. one, which I'm thinking, and because I've not tried this and I'm very interested into trying it because I think with anything, you've got to try it yourself to know what it's like. Yep. Um, as you were just saying then, like you, you cross that threshold um, and you know what that feels like those, when you get that 20 minutes where you are feeling like you need something. That's almost a crossover sort of thing. You, you know that because you've done this yourself. You kind of answered my question. So at first, were you hungrier when you first started doing this? Like the first time you thought, I'm going to go, I'm going to finish my last meal at 9 p.m. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to work the next day. I'm not going to have anything to eat until I get home at six the next evening. How was it the first time? Was it hard? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. And it was ridiculous. I Even though, you know, as you're probably aware, I'm, I eat, what do we call fairly well? I know that's another discussion, of course, but um, fairly high in protein and fat. But even, even then I was looking at my clock saying, oh, it's, I'm going to finish my fast at three o'clock. And I'd be, oh, shit, it's half one, you know, so I'll be counting. <laughs> so actually, yeah, uh, it certainly is. But actually now it's, it really isn't a problem. And I set myself in the morning and say, right, I'm fasting today. And I, I mentally kind of chew myself in. And I allow myself to kind of have a couple of cups of coffee. Now there's the whole debate, is that breaking my fast or not? And technically yeah it is and it isn't and we could talk about that because there are things that will break your fast mm. whether it matters or not is another story of course um so yeah it was quite initially it was quite hard but you know the more i do it, it's fine but that's like everything isn't it that's like yeah. it's, it's kind of like forming a habit for the mindset to adapt to this as well but also allowing the body and we spoke about that in in episode three when we we're speaking about being fat adapted that there's that that time where it's going to feel horrible to start with but your body will adapt to it and it will become a lot more resilient to that sort of feeling. Um, and it's the same with this really. And, and my second question was, uh, is coffee allowed? So for example, in preparation for this podcast, um, the last, I'm, I'm very proud of myself. I don't know why the last four days I've, I've woken up in the morning and I've not had any breakfast. And the first meal I had that day was like lunchtime, 12 o'clock. And I know we spoke about this earlier and that's a common thing that people do. And I want to do it just, really do i miss breakfast do i need breakfast but what i did have is when i woke up a glass of water and a cup of coffee with oat milk in it as well now there's calories in oat milk right um is is that breaking my fast though is that the wrong way to do it and i suppose if you're going to do it properly you should just do it with water am i in right in saying that yeah and um, once again that's that's one of these questions that's that's like looking at you know it's 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 not really a problem, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. if you think about all the things we're trying to do, give my digestion a rest, all that, you know, the, the whole thing. So, yes, indeed. And if you listen to uh, Dr. Rhonda Patricks, she rightly points out that anything other than water has an enzymatic reaction. Mm. So, therefore, it's technically not fasting. Mm. But does it really matter? 
I certainly don't think so. Unless you're, you know, kind of putting chocolate in there or putting <laughs> shitloads of cream in your coffee or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so to answer your question, in my view, black coffee will actually accentuate the fast because it kicks up catecholamines, which is one of the things that, that allows you to, become, um, to burn fats for fuel. Um, so no big deal necessarily, but a real zealot would say, you know, anything you other than water is breaking the fast. And then of course you can talk about water fasting because some crazy people go without water as well. So, you know, there's, there's, they call it metabolic water that right, okay, yeah, crazy yeah, people, yeah. I don't do that, but you know, people do. <laughs> Mate, that, that makes sense. So coffee in your eyes is okay because it works for you. Uh, Black coffee or black tea is that is that the way forward? If I add a bit of oat milk to my coffee because I like a little bit of oat milk on my coffee, is that? I suppose it's just pushing the boundaries a little bit, isn't it? That's all it's doing. Yeah, actually, I would say yes. So as I say, if you're a real zealot, mm. then you know anything. If you put a bit of oat milk up there, it's breaking the fast. But in the in grand scheme of things, does it matter over that twenty hour period? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. my view, not at all. Mm. And so when I have coffee, I always put a splash of milk in there. Mm. So okay. I, I don't. Uh, forgive me for saying but i don't give a shit i'm absolutely yeah, fine it's, yeah, I don't, <laughs> do you know what i mean so it's nice to know because obviously caffeine is a bit of a suppressant for your hunger as well isn't it and uh, i know if i wake up in the morning that first coffee kind of like wakes me up a little bit gets me going um when i i've done my little experiment for this podcast by fasting until 12 o'clock believe it or not uh pm um those coffees, if I do feel a bit hungry and I go have my coffee like three hours after my first one, it kind of suppresses it a little bit. So I guess it's one way of helping people get to where they want to be with it, right? Yeah, remember we said that it, it, it kicks up as, as well as the fact that mentally it helps you, makes mm. you more alert, but also it's the whole catecholamine things, you know, which therefore targets more f the production of usage of mm. fatty acids as your feeling source. So coffee, no big deal. So I think a nice, easy way for someone to approach this would be to do like, First things first, eat well around any fasting. And I, I've known people that have done this five days of eating whatever they want and then two days fasting. And in those five days, they go crazy. They just eat whatever the hell they want, whether it's good food, bad food, trans fats, good fats, whatever. Um, and then they feel that that's okay because they read that as long as they do their two days fasting, that their body's going to be able to cope with those bad foods. But again, there's no health elements or health benefits of that eating bad food is eating bad food it's not good for us it's not good for our body so first rule i guess is eat well around any fast that you're doing that's first and foremost isn't it really because yeah again, we should all eat well we should all eat for our health not just for our own goals or losing weight or whatever so eat um good food and then maybe just try it one day a week is that right one day. i would say just as a start point one day a week and, and just don't worry necessarily about the time just think to yourself right Tomorrow I'm going to fast. My last meal I've just had, I finished scoffing at half eight, nine o'clock. Mm. I'm going to go all day until I've come in from work and then I'm going to eat. So, so, you know, it's not really, you don't have to worry about the mechanics or the time. It's just whatever. Yeah. Okay. And I find that's a real stress less way of doing it. Mm. And occasionally have a cup of coffee if you want or a cup of tea or nothing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. Um, but I certainly would find it much more difficult if I wasn't having some form of caffeine because after all, you know, I'm a Starbucks free fiend. There you go. <laughs> and obviously, um, the whole thing about food, Ash, I, I, I could talk, it's very, very important. As you rightly pointed out, one of the things that people do, as you, as you pointed out, is eating, oh, I fasted, therefore I'll just live off crap. And mm. that's the worst thing because as you say, the health point of view, but remember all cells in our body, made of protein and fat and therefore you know that's one of the things you're trying to slough out autography get rid of all the crap in order to produce nice good stuff back in so mm. as you say if you're getting rid of all the crap and then just eat loads of crap then of course you're defeating the object why fast at all just crack on exactly. anyway especially because like doing the fast like the, the point number one for doing it is health and, and longevity in life and so forth and there's no point working towards health and then messing it up by the very next day eating whatever the hell you won't just going to take you away from health again isn't it so, yeah uh, so get your balance of food correct and then try fasting and then um to try it one day a week basically what initially should you, what should you so when you break your fast you've you ate 
previous evening, you've worked in the day, you've had a few coffees to get you through the day, then you're going home the following evening, you're going to break your fast with your next meal. And again, it's just having a good standard meal. It's not a case of thinking, right, I've not eaten all day, so I have to have a massive plate of food and then a dessert and then something else and then some snacks. It's just eat normally, isn't it? As you would every yeah. other evening, have your normal dinner. It's not a case of just whacking as many calories in as possible because you feel like you deserve to. That's a good point, Ash. You bring me up to the point we've missed out here is, um, so a 20 hour fast in my view is a short fast. Mm. But then when you go into slightly medium and long-term fast, you know, a 48 hour fast, um, you're talking about medium term, it's, you know, two day jobby. Mm -hmm. um, and then the way you break that fasting period can be a little bit more important insofar as, you know, you really have kicked into autography now, you've cleaned out the cells, you all the cell turnover, et cetera. Um, and then your, your, your um, body is, is, wants nutrients. So the way you break that fast is quite important. You've got to be, in my view, even though you're probably hungrier, you've got to be even more strict. And what I would probably do, being a real geek now, is I'd probably start with a starter, as it were, and that might be a piece of fish, or indeed, arguably, according to most experts, the best thing to eat as a kind of starter is a fish roe, you know, like the yep. poor man's caviar, mm -hmm. and a couple of tablespoons, you know, a tablespoon or so of that, maybe with a bit of fish, and then an hour later, have your normal meal, whatever it might be. Mm. Now, that's great, all well and good, um, but normally, you know, you think, four hour fast, I'm going to just dive into that steak or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I'm just saying you have to be a little bit, the longer you fast, in my view, the more important it is to really be clever at what you eat. A 40, a 20, a 18, 20, 24 hour fast, just as you rightly say, just eat what you would normally eat, whether it be, um, and I know we can talk about this at the end, but whatever, whatever you're eating, just, just go for it. I'm waving my hands around like a crazy person. Anyway. <laughs> but again, and it's just being sensible, isn't it? But and yeah. I, I suppose as well, um, and a lot of people can probably relate to this as well, when you're hungry, your mind goes to, you know, you, you drive past uh, a takeaway and you smell the trans fats coming out of the takeaway and that's what you go, you, you know your body wants it because you're starving, you're craving it. Um, it's, it, and I suppose that happens towards the start as well, where when, any, when anytime anyone gets hungry, they start fantasizing about the type of horrible yet good foods that they want to eat, isn't it? And it's just a case of be, keeping discipline. If you're going to be disciplined to do some fasting for the health benefits, just be sensible with that first meal that you have, right? Even if you're not going to go to the high end of fish row and stuff like that, if you listen to this and I could never eat fish row, that's fine. But just be eat just a nice, healthy plate of food. Yeah, exactly. You don't get too posh about it, mate. No. Okay. And that's that's a standard fast. So that's like a short-term fast, right? In my view, 18, yeah. 24 hours. Uh, what's a medium term? So that's going like, so let's say I had my dinner tonight after this at uh, 6 p.m. or something like that. I had nothing all night long, obviously. I had nothing tomorrow. I didn't break my fast tomorrow evening. I then went straight to bed and then had another fast that night, obviously. I guess then it's on the 48 hour. Yeah, 48 hour. And that's more intense as well, right? Are you, yeah, you've so that, haven't it, you? Do you know the weird thing? I do that probably once a month. But the weird thing about that is it's very odd. And a lot of people will say this. The longer you go, mm. there seems to be the medium term initially it's quite difficult then the longer you go the easier it becomes yeah which is a bit counterintuitive but it appears to be that's the case i've never done one longer than 48 hours i might add but um i know people that do three day four day five days and beyond and they're absolutely fine they burn body fat like crazy mm. um and they become insulin sensitive you know all these things that that we need to redress the whole yeah. insulin uh thing so short term would be 18, 20 hours, in my opinion, medium term. I, I'm, I'm kind of making these up, really, but 48 hours and then 48 hours plus would be kind of a long-term thing, Okay, long thing. And, and that could be a nice action point. So, again, I'm hoping people are listening to this thinking, I'm going to try that once a week for your short-term, 18, 24 hours, once a month, try to do the whole 48-hour one sort of thing, you know? Yeah. But you're right with that as well. And I, we've all probably had that, you know, where you do have a busy day, you wake up, you skip breakfast, you go to work, you, you've got a hectic, manic day. You're here, there, and everywhere. You don't have time to eat. And all of a sudden, you hear that saying that some people say, like, I've gone past hungry, you know? Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's probably where your body just adapts to it in some weird way, isn't it? You know? Um, but that's good. And that's something, definitely a starting point for a lot of people. Um, body composition-wise, um, is it the best way to... I mean, obviously, if, you, if your goal is weight loss, 
the key thing is to be active, train right, train hard, lift weights, go and do some cardio, keep movement in your everyday basis. If, you, if you're desk based, get up and move around as much as you can. Put a smartwatch on that tells you to stand up every half an hour and all that sort of thing. Get your steps in and just be active is key for weight loss. Then it's getting your nutrition on point as well, obviously, you know, making sure you're not having any bad foods. It's all good foods. It's healthy produce. It's local produce. It's your meat, your fish, your nuts, your seeds, vegetables. We're not going to go into the whole fiber thing today. Um, it's eating sensible food. That helps with weight loss again as well, so long as it's coupled with good training and activity. The, fat, the fasting element will just add another element to the weight loss side of things, and it will just help them get to where they want to be that bit quicker, I'm sure, right? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. I'll, I'll take umbrage with the nuts and seeds thing, but we won't go into that today. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, of course, what you're saying is pretty much correct. The, where fasting is such a powerful tool is because, you know, that is actually what we, we, we carry some fat in order that we can tap into it when we're hungry, you know, as in long-term hungry, you know, 20 hours plus. Um, and of course, you know, if you're fat adapted, those fatty acids that are stored in my fat are released very, very quickly. They, uh, and then they fuel me via ketones or fatty acids, or indeed there's a little bit of gluconeogenesis to, to be sure. So that is a evolutionary, you know, thing. So it's, it's not magic. Mm. And what I try to do once again, from a coaching or personal trainer point of view is try to get people to, um, you know, fast once a week, as I say, but also train on those days when they're fasting because that will tap into fats easier, quicker, because they're training. And you might think, oh, God, that's not going to work because, you know, I'll be knackered and I've got no fuel. Well, I've just, you know, if you believe the very fat what was said is that I'm carrying all my fuel on me and I'm fat adapted, well, of course, you've got bloody fuel for days. Yeah. So, you know, don't and worry about training fasted. No. And on that, because there's, there's a lot of debate around um, training first thing in the morning before you break your fast and have your breakfast, that that's a good way to lose weight. And I suppose it's kind of in line with what you're saying there. Obviously, you've trained twice today. You've not eaten since last night. It is now, what, five o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Um, and, and because you're used to this, you felt perfectly fine when you were training. Yeah. So um, funny fact, I spoke to you before we came on, Ash, and I was saying that I felt a bit crap today. Just, mm. you know, the whole being, you know, uh, locked down and all that business. So I just feel a bit low. So I thought, what, what can I do to neurally stimulate myself? Um, so I turned off Pornhub and then I went and I started doing some fast movements, you know, hang snatch into med ball slams, into box jumps, into push press. You know what I'm saying is fast, powerful movement. Of course, there's a neural element to that. Mm. I won't bang on too much. But when we're fasted and we kick in a neural drive, it improves up we do something neurally it improves our neural function and then you know just went for a long walk up up um up woodbury so yeah. two different methods there and absolutely fine no problem at all will you um when you're fasting um do people lose muscle in it will, will it affect people if someone's training for muscular growth they want to be always in that state of hypertrophy trying to build muscle um should people who are looking to pack on as much muscle as possible should they fast that is a quite a loaded question. Um, so that's a difficult one to answer. I've got to say, I would say, I would kind of tone that down a little bit by saying, if they've got fat to lose, mm -hmm. then fasting, pure fast, where you don't eat anything, is not going to impact on their muscle. As in, they won't lose any muscle because they'll just lose fat. But if they're trying to pack on as much muscle as possible, maybe fasting at this stage isn't the yeah. king thing to do so i mean because we want to stimulate that mTOR thing um so we want an influx of protein namely the amino acid leucine in order to kick up this mTOR mammalian target of raptomycin which is very anabolic signaling so we keep ingesting protein and carbohydrates to some degree if you wish throughout the day and then this keeps this mTOR kicking up and very anabolic so to summarize if you're trying to pack up muscle maybe fasting it's difficult to know i've got to say i'm kind of skirting that question but maybe fasting isn't this time but if you don't want to lean out then mm. fasting will certainly help you lean and you won't lose muscle yeah i suppose as well that the right thing there is um is 
if you are looking to pack on as much muscle as possible, whether you're training for a competition or you just want to get as big as you possibly can, you got to make sure you're training specific and the nutrition specific. And maybe fasting, maybe fasting isn't specific to that type of training at that time. But when someone's time. got to where they want to be, fasting probably wouldn't affect them. They can probably fast and still retain that muscle. You fast yeah. and, you know, you're, Paddy, you are stacked. You've got a lot of muscle to you. You know, and you couldn't say that you uh, eat nothing but protein and fats and you fast and you've lost all your muscle because that hasn't happened. So I think you're a good example to say that if you are to do fasting, if you are to eat protein and fats and become fat adapted, your muscle mass is going to be perfectly fine. You're not going to break it all down for energy, you know? Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Ashley. I feel wonderful now. <laughs> welcome. But um, yeah, so to, to kind of clarify that point, if you're trying to get, let's say come the strong men that come to my gym, they want to get big and massive and muscular. Fasting probably isn't a good idea. Mm. It can help, but not necessarily a good idea. But if you want to get look good naked, as it were, mm. and you want to get rid of some chub, fasting will certainly help that. And you yeah. won't lose muscle. And if you look back, once again, evolution tells us, if nature was so stupid that every time we went hungry as hunter-gatherers, we lost muscle instead of fat, well, we would have died. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We'd yeah, all be yeah, skinny, yeah. fat hunter-gatherers. Well, that's ridiculous. Mm. If you're fat-adapted and healthy and you fast, a pure fast, and you don't eat anything, you will simply tap into fat stores yeah. and burn that. Now, if you go aggressively for weeks and weeks and weeks and carry on training, then you will lose some muscle. But you mm. know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas if you... Will I talk about this low-calorie thing, Ash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it, yeah. It would appear... However, so my point is, you will tap into fat stores if you just don't, don't eat anything at all. However, if you go down the low calorie thing, where you go down, I don't know, whatever the people do, is this 500 calories or less thing? Well, actually, it mixes the signal up to the body, and this is quite an important point. And the body goes, oh, I don't really know whether to burn fat because I'm getting some food, or do I burn muscle? Or so I'm getting it. So it yeah. cocks it up, and yeah. actually, you end up burning muscle mm. counterintuitively. So either eat, buddy, you know, get proper food down you and eat a load of it mm -hmm. and fast or nothing at all. Did, did yeah. I explain that correctly? You did. And, and I think that's the key thing there is um, to, to maintain and to build muscle. You've also got to look at the amount of protein you're getting every day as well, haven't you? So the days where you are eating your food, you've got to make sure your protein balance is right. Whether that's two grams of protein per one kilo of body weight or something like that. But make sure you're hitting that. And you referenced it quite a few times, I think even in the last podcast that we did, that if you're getting your protein right, the fats come packaged within that as well. So then your calories, and because fat is very high in terms of calories, one, is it one gram of fat, nine calories, it's very calorie dense, that is going to push you way, way above that 500 calories per day. So if you, on the days when you're eating your foods and you're not fasting, make sure you get your protein grammage correct the fats will fall into place, especially if you're being varied with your protein. And I like what you suggested in our last podcast of eating your meat in the breakfast or something with hooves in the morning or whenever it may be. And then something with wings at lunchtime and something that swims in the evening. You've got a variety to that protein then, haven't you? And then with that, you're getting the, the packaged fats the different types of fats as well. So you're going to get way above the 500 calories, aren't you? So you're not going to be getting that confusion element going on in the body. Is that right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. But don't, don't fixate on the 500 calories. All I was trying to say there, Ash, yeah, is yeah, that with these low-carb diet, the low-calorie diet things, people mm. do whatever it is. They go down to, oh, I'll just have 500 calories or whatever. I'm just pulling mm. that out of my backside. Mm. But the point is, if you go low-calorie, it yep. mixes the signal up. Do I burn fat or do I burn muscle from a body composition point of view? Mm. Just don't eat anything. And there's no, the body will go, oh, Christ, okay, there's no food at all. Mm. I, will burn I will burn fat. Yeah. So that's quite an important thing. Go properly hungry and you'll yeah. burn fat. If you got half ass, you'll burn muscle. <laughs> yeah, but that makes sense as well. It makes sense. If you're going to fast, do it right. If you're going to eat, do it right. And that's, it's as simple as that. And it's not because we're trying to be uh, very like down the middle on this. It's literally saying that's how the body reacts, isn't it? And on exactly. one of the, in our nutrition uh, module for our personal training course, there's a few videos where I talked about starvation mode. And starvation mode shouldn't really be... Uh, confused with fasting that's about like where you were just saying if on a daily basis you're consistently having low calories coming in on a daily basis your body will go into that confused sort of process where it doesn't need to store fat break down muscle and so forth 
Yeah, and your metabolic, it, right? your, your metabolic output will be reduced, Ash, because mm. there is a thing about the amount of nutrients coming in is slowed down or is mm. reduced. Therefore, the body will go, okay, I'm not going to put the output out. So it's whatever comes in, the yeah. output will accentuate yeah. it or replicate it. So there, there is that. Mm. So that's where your BMR goes down as well, your basal metabolic rate and all that sort of stuff as well, right? Yep. Mate, that's great. And that makes a lot of sense as well. And I'm, I'm sure, hopefully people will try this. Now I've started off this week by getting myself up to 12 o'clock in the day without having anything and it's not been an issue. You've kind of inspired me to see if I can make it through to my uh, dinner time tomorrow night after I have my dinner tonight, whether that's going to happen or not. I don't know. Um, I think we've kind of covered most things so far, haven't we? Yeah. I just think um, there's one thing I've just written a load of scribbling notes down here. Yeah. We, we touched on, touched on it before. So, Apart from, we could talk about diets another day, you know, what types of diet does what. But the good thing about simply um, fasting or simply, simply put, not eating for a period of time, um, there's no, you don't have to worry, oh, am I having a carnivore diet? Am I having a vegan diet? Am I having whatever the hell it is? It doesn't matter what type of bloody diet you're eating. You just stop bloody eating it. Mm. And that will do some benefits. Yeah. And then go back to eating however you decide to eat. It's absolutely fine for you. So the beauty of it is, as Jason Fung says, it's, um, it's convenient. Mm. And it's a really help. There's nothing. I can't see any single part of it that can be unhealthy, apart from perhaps if you're already highly stressed. Is it worth talking about that, Ash? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's one thing we haven't covered yet, isn't it? So if you're stressed already through work, relationships, whatever it may be, this might not be the best thing for you, right? At, at the time. So two things, uh, female and stressed, not necessarily combined, but certainly both of them combined. It can be quite difficult because the, whole, the hormonal impact is much more dif difficult. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll rephrase that. If you are stressed and it's really one of the things that stress does produces cortisol and cortisol's job is to, um, you know, give you energy because that's the point, isn't it? Cortisol up. So it, it, it allows energy to be used. And of course you're going up, cortisol up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And then you add fasting to the mix, which is another stressor. Mm. then it just kind of confuses the issue. And I would probably not fast if I'm chronically stressed um, until you know, things improve for sure. That's yeah, yeah. how I would do it. There's much more we can talk about there, but I don't necessarily want to hold the catecholamine thing and stress and the breakdown of amino acids and how the body will kind of eat itself as it were. So, But yeah. stress but, and, and fasting may, may not be a good idea. Yeah, but and I think with that as well, so people may need to address a few things before they try fasting. And, and hopefully a lot of people will want to try this fasting, especially here into how you've conveyed it today. Make sure your nutrition is on point. Make sure whatever diet you're, you're following, whether it's a plant-based diet, carnivorous diet, whatever it may be, just make sure you're eating good, healthy foods for the body. You're not having crap foods. It's not predominantly massively high in starchy carbohydrates, so you're getting the whole insulin spikes and all that sort of stuff. First things first, make sure your diet's on point, right? That's going to be uh, not always straightforward for some people. You've got habit form, first of all, to make sure you get to that point where you're having good foods. Um, but once you've got that on point, then you can consider fasting. If you're stressed, we've spoken about stress before in, I think, one of our podcasts we've done. You've written tons of blogs on this as well. If there's stress, there's ways you can manage your stress levels. It's very easy as a coach or a personal trainer to say to someone, I just don't stress out so much. But there is things you can do. And we've mentioned stuff like try to get better sleep, try to keep a grateful log, to have a little bit of reflexive practice. So maybe do some stress management issues first if needed, and then try the fasting. But it's almost like um, it's a quite a nice little process to go through, isn't it? Sort out your nutrition first, sort out the mindset, and then try fasting just to continually put you down that road to get an optimal health, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yes, 100%. There is going back to the gym rat thing, Ash, a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we um, you know, one of the worries is if I train hard in the gym, I'm going to lose all my muscle. And once again, going back to evolution, I want to hammer that point home. Mm -hmm. No, um, that's not the case. You should be able to train extremely hard, fasted, as long as maybe after the fast, you know, you eat something. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. it's not, you know, you've successfully hunted, as it were. Mm -hmm. So, you know. There's more to that, of course, 
huge amounts more. You know, I talk about the neural drive and the strength elements. You should be stronger, more mm. alert. And that, uh, talk about sensory perception. Mm. When I'm fasted, ghrelin kicks in, and ghrelin increases my neural. If I'm fat adapted, quite important. Um, if I'm fat adapted, it should increase my neural. Uh, sorry, my sensory perception. So when I'm hunting, I can see better. I can smell better. I can hear better. I'm stronger. And of course, you know, we've only evolved 0.02%. So that still applies to us in the gym, you know. Um, and actually, I had a girl that I was training recently. And um, she became fat adapted very well. And then she tries fasting. And one of the things she noticed after 24 hours, she did a 40-hour fast recently. And she said one of the things she noticed after about 20 hours was her sense of smell improved dramatically. And I didn't prompt her to, do, to say that. It's yeah, quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Well, that's good because, again, it just shows that the body has a natural response to this as well, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of people have barriers up when they're trying to eat healthier, uh, whether they're trying to go fat adapted. It might be, like, oh, it's too hard. I couldn't do it. Same with fasting. It's going to be very easy for people to say, it's too hard. I can't do it. It's, it's a waste of time or whatever it may be. I think whenever you're going to approach anything like this where you're trying to put yourself in optimal health, and that's why people should be doing it as well, give your body time to adapt to it. Don't just try it on a whim. Do it half fast, as you rightly said earlier, and then eat really bad the next day or just cut the fast too early. Just give it time. Allow the body to adapt to this and just have a bit of a strong mindset. When, when you are have those people who says, oh, it was too hard, couldn't do it, you know, and I just reverted back to where I was doing, just give it a bit of time and just have a bit of focus and a bit of determination with it. Um, and I suppose that's a key thing with diets, any diet really as well, isn't it? You know, people can say, oh, I tried this diet, it worked really well for me because I could eat what I want and all this sort of stuff, but did it put them in a state of optimal health? What your suggestion here, I, I'm quite excited to try it and I will try it and I might even do a blog about it or something like that uh, and link the two together. But I know tomorrow I'll be hungry uh, by trying this. But again, it's a case of saying, right, but I'm doing this for a reason. You know, I, I'm going to get through to six o'clock or whatever time I have my next meal and just see how I find it. But then I'm not just going to do it the once. You then have to do it again, don't you? Otherwise, if it's like if you follow a new course of training, you know, you've got to give your body time to adapt. There's no point doing a bit type of training for one day, one week and then forgetting about it. You just got to give your body time to adapt to these things, haven't you? Like we spoke about before, nearly all the podcasts refer back to evolution. Mm. And if you believe we've only evolved 0.02% and you believe that we should be eating high protein, high fat, and you mm. believe that we should, it replicates, you know, fasting replicates our kind of hunter-gatherer app, and I can't see how you can't believe that, mm. um, then of course you realize it, that it is 100% a, a, a clever natural thing to do so going hungry occasionally isn't a bad thing a little tip as i say that you know there will always be a 20 30 minute period throughout the day you, you can tell me ash how it goes with you yeah, when yeah. you're thinking oh christ and I, as i said to you before i think it's that you know the glycogen levels are now gone and mm. i'm switching over to burning fats as my fueling source mm. if i had like well don't forget you'd always have glycogen levels because gluconeogenesis yeah. that's another lecture of course um so my final thing would be because you're hungry, you might dive into the fridge at six o'clock and just scoff everything. We spoke about this, but it's quite important to just try not to mix sugar with fats and protein. That's quite an important thing because you know, this whole glycation thing and aging and remember the cells are so primed insulin so primed as is mTOR actually that it wants to drive into these muscles and cells and regenerate. If you give it the slightly wrong ingredients, those cells will lap that up and it won't yeah. help at all. Yeah. So we can talk about it fully another day. Okay, to finish with as well, can you just, uh, and I know it's a big topic, but just define mTOR very quickly. Um, it is basically mammalian target raptomycin. It is, or, or mTOR, it is the anabolic signaling that we get when we, uh, especially with, with protein, it's the, uh, uh, how can I describe it? Anabolic pathway. It, it, it signals it signals protein synthesis mm -hmm. so that's one of the things from the bodybuilder point if you're a muscle building point of view you want mTOR to be elevated the whole time yeah now when we are fasted mTOR is stopped is suppressed it's not a bad thing and AMPK it's opposite mTOR is a builder Mm -hmm. And AMPK is the opposite. It's a subtractor, as it were. But that's not a bad thing, because AMPK will stimulate um, gluconeogenesis. 
oh sorry uh, and glucagon will stimulate the production of fatty acids for fuel so mTOR builds muscle build 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 and mm-hmm. it can also have an excess amount of mTOR can also have a slightly uh, tumorous effect it can you know if you've got any issues it can make them worse okay. from a health yeah. point of view mm-hmm. so every now and then stopping this build 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 thing with going hungry and AMPK kicks in mm-hmm. which then releases fatty acids to fuel you so I'm, I'm making it long-winded but to answer your question mTOR uh, stimulates muscle protein synthesis yeah, cool. and is one of the key ingredients is in, elevated by insulin and it's also elevated by um, uh, uh, leucine which is amino acid found in protein and fasting can benefit that fasting can benefit fasting can fasting can stop the constant drive of, um, of mTOR so that's you know, we're always eating the, therefore mTOR is always elevated yeah so that takes you back to the health side of things as well exactly yeah, every yeah. night yin and yang ash you know yeah, exactly mTOR to build but when we're hungry AMPK kicks in but mm. AMPK makes us produce helps us kick into our fatty acids to fuel us yeah so you know it's a it's a it's still it's in a weird sort of way it's it's another fueling source yeah a yeah. fueling trigger i should say mate that makes a lot of sense and cool. let's just very quickly recap then so if anyone's thinking about trying to do this make sure they're eating the right type of foods it doesn't have to be to the extreme I'm not going to say what you do is extreme because you just eat what's normal for you. And that, that's the key thing to remember here as well, isn't it? You know, you're fat adapted. You follow a very high protein fat diet. That's great. People can do this as long as they just choose the foods that are healthy for them. Uh, ideally, get the protein right as well. The grams per kilogram. Uh, a very quick recommendation was that two grams of protein for every one kilogram of body weight is about right. For It depends on the goal and everything I know, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the, it can be anything... Th- Call it a real average would be about between 1.2 to 1.5 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Of course, that can go up mm. and go down depending on you know what your goals yeah. are, but around yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So maybe as a starting point, work out your grams of protein you need per day. Based on what you just said there, let's go for 1.5 grams per every kilogram. Yeah, so times your weight in kilograms by 1.5 basically, right? That's not a bad start. That's not a bad start. Get that right first. Make sure it's all healthy sources of protein so the fat comes into it and, and a variety of fat. You're unsaturated and saturated as well. Um, make sure that's happy. And then just try, which I'm going to do tomorrow. Um, and I have to do it. I've made myself accountable now and everything as well. So I'm going to have a nice meal this evening and then not eat anything until tomorrow evening. And I'll, and, But again, if I do that whole thing where I make a mistake of do this once, and then I don't try this again next week or the next week. What's the point of doing it? So if I say I'm going to do this now, I should probably do it next week as well and the week after that, right? Try to do it, mate. Honestly, you'll, you'll, you, will, you will want to kill me. Come back two o'clock in the afternoon. You'll want to ring me up and kill me. But um, <laughs> what I would say, have a, have a couple, you know, those terrible times you think, oh, Christ, I'm, just have a cup yeah. of coffee yeah. or a, a glass of water to kind of tide you over. And you will have a 20 minutes where you're feeling crap, but you, you'll be absolutely fine, mate. Yeah. And regular, about your whole two litres of water a day or whatever that may be as well. Just regular uh, drinks of water throughout the day is always a good thing, right? Yeah, I, we, we could talk about hydration another day, but, you know, whatever. Mm. We, we, yeah, I've got strong views on that, but, um, yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mate, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, I think there's some really good action points there. And just to summarise them, get your diet on point, manage your stress levels if you need to. Um, and we've got a podcast about that. It's podcast number two, I think that one, was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, sort your diet, sort your stress levels out and give it a go. And just and let us know how you find it as well because um, we're always keen to know. But again, you've got to try these things to see what they're like. You've done this the whole time I've ever known you and I've known you up for what, 15 plus years or whatever it's been. Um, I know any, anything you've tried, you've tried it on yourself and then you, you do what works for you. And that's what everyone's got to do really, isn't it? Yep. Uh, the, the one, one tiny, Ash, I don't want to have the, you know, the last man's talking, but, um, there is, if you do a, lot, a prolonged fast, like 48 hours, you might find your, your, your bowels are a little bit, there's like mucusy stuff coming out. It sounds disgusting, nice. but all that is, that's a natural the autography thing. Mm-hmm. It's a natural sloughing of the, the the lining of the colon. Okay, yeah. So don't enough. worry about it. It's absolutely fine. If I had a bit mucusy, it's a bit grim, but um, it's absolutely fine. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. Anyway.
that's a lovely way to finish. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, mate. Well, listen, thanks very much for your wisdom. I hope you'll get a lot from this. And if anyone does uh, try the fasting, let us know uh, how it goes. We're always intrigued. And if you want more advice, just get in touch with us. James, Paddy, thanks a lot for your time, mate. Cheers, buddy. I'm just off to grab a Mars bar stew. Yeah, Take I'm care. Off, I'm off for my final meal. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast about fasting. If you like what we do or feel that this could benefit others that you know, then please share our podcast around on social media. Please also subscribe to our channels so that you can always be kept up to date with our future releases. And for more info and content about what myself and Performance Training Academy would deliver and also what James Buckingham delivers, then please go and visit our websites. Our website is www.performancetrainingacademy.com And for more content from James Buckingham, go to www.precisionperformance.com .co.uk. Thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with another podcast.